welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. So, hi again, everyone. Uh, my name is Daniel T. I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic living in Israel for the past, uh, coming up to 21 years. Um, and my sobriety date is December the, uh, the 16th, 2016. Um, so I'm coming up to just past 14 months of sobriety, um, which is beyond my uh, expectations and, and belief. It's uh, it's quite a miracle. Um, so I, I, I shared a lot of um, how it was, um, and I was halfway through what happened. And I want to just uh, spend a, a couple of minutes on what happened uh, over the past year and a half and, and how it is now for me. Um, so <clears throat> during my... Um, during my early sobriety, I experienced really strong uh, withdrawal symptoms. I was actually in a lot of physical pain, and it was very difficult for me. And um, for some reason, I wasn't able to get much um, strength or experience from, from many members in, in, in terms of the pain that I was in. And I, I still felt a little bit isolated from it. Um, I didn't know. Um, it, it was literally a physical withdrawal um, from acting out for so many years physically with myself. And... It was very difficult. Um, the relationship between me and my wife was quite strained for various reasons. Um, um, when, when I say it was strained, I mean in the bedroom we have an amazing relationship. We've always had a very close relationship, a very communicative relationship, and I'm very blessed to have that relationship with my wife. Um, but um, thanks to my sexaholism and my love cripple, intimacy cripple, all the different cripples that I am. Um, we did not have a good relationship in the bedroom. She had a lot of anxiety. Um, as I mentioned last week, she basically kick-started my recovery by saying, um, and that's it, Daniel, I'm done. I'm done. And, um, and I had to really learn the tools of surrender and acceptance. Um, it was. Uh, it, it wasn't just outside uh, on the streets that I was learning to surrender. It was in the bedroom, and I, I remember feeling a little bit uh, resentful. I remember I, this is probably before I'd even done a fourth step. I was. I was feeling very resentful that I felt like, yeah, I've you know I've really got a control over this lust, but um, you know, but we're not having sex because she isn't ready for it you know instead of it being something like i'm not ready i'm fighting this lust but obviously it wasn't uh, you know um it, it, it wasn't a deep resentment because i really understood and accepted that this is a process that first of all i have to heal and, sh- and she needs her own healing and that would take time um and i had to give time time um and i understood that but it was very difficult and basically for the whole for the whole first year uh well we had a, we had a, a, a sobriety baby about three months into um into my sobriety a baby was born so it was um it was a little easier during that time and um uh there was you know where relations weren't really on the table at all um in the, in the jewish in the jewish way of doing things generally we have half the month on 
and half the month off. And um, and really, I was focusing on building a relationship with her. I was focusing on re-changing all those old behaviors in terms of being intimate with her, being close to her, but it not ending in sex or it not being me uh, being needy for sex or, or, or all the other many behaviors that I had as a fixed sexaholic that basically pushed her away from, uh, from me um, with, with regards to intimacy. And I really focused on that. I really focused on being intimate with her, even physically intimate with her, but it not being about sex and it not being, sex not being the issue. Um, and I really wanted to kind of, you know, build that, um, that reference for, for the long term with her. Um, and it was, um, and I guess that kind of made it a little bit harder for me physically, but I had, uh, I had a longer term goal there in terms of actually building that kind of intimacy again. And, um, Anyways, um, so um, literally a, about a year after I was sober, we were we were driving to a dinner date, and she started talking to me, and she started saying her, her imagination. I guess I don't know how much she'd been thinking about it or not, but she started talking about the different ways that I might have acted out um, when I was when I wasn't uh, when I wasn't sober, and um, you know she was saying different things like if you had a girlfriend or if you went to prostitutes. Now, she knew that I'd actually gone to prostitutes before we were married. So she actually said, you know, oh, that's probably the most likely that you went to a prostitute. And um, although, you know, how would you then be with me or whatever it was? And I, you know, I, I, I didn't, I, I basically didn't say anything. Um, and because I was already um, trying to live an honest way of life at that stage, saying nothing was as loud as saying everything. And she was like, oh, but then we kind of moved off the conversation, and and that was it. And the next morning, uh, we were just sitting, chatting, as we do sometimes on instant message, me in my office, her in, 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 in the house. And then she started off again, talking about all the different things that, uh, that I might have done or could have done, and her imagination started going on um, uh, tenfold and now up until this time I, I'll be entirely honest I had really felt and made the decision in my in my sick brain that I, that, that I, I, it would hurt her too much if if she knew how I behaved I felt a lot of guilt over how I behaved over the years and I hated myself for it afterwards I hated myself after porn and I hated myself after visiting prostitutes or massages it was it was the whole thing was horrible for me, but um, I had absolutely no control over it. And um, I felt in myself up until that day, um, I had you know back up from the big book that if it's going to hurt them too much, we don't we don't tell them everything. And um, and in my head, I'd said that this is something that you know she I, I, that she'll know after we die. In other words, you know, I'm a strong believer in the afterlife. I wasn't, it wasn't a secret I was going to keep from her from eternity. It was a secret I was going to keep from hurting her in this life. But something happened and it wasn't, I hadn't spoken to my sponsor about it. I hadn't really spoken to anyone about it, but the way that she was going off in her imagination and it, it felt like, it felt like she would be able to handle it. Um, it felt like she, that it was the right time. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to come up, my office is downstairs, I'm going to come up and I'm, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you everything. Uh, or I actually said, okay, I think I'm going to tell you everything. And then I, I went upstairs and she looks at me. She says, oh, you have to do it in person. And I said, yeah. I said, and, um, and I stood there and I told her, you know, um, the story is that um, 
during our marriage, I went to prostitutes um, quite a few times, um, and that behavior stopped after a few years. I didn't want, I didn't really want, sex wasn't about it. It was for me, it was about being, being touched and, and trying to have that connection with you that I couldn't have. And I ended up going to, uh, for massages for a few years. And, um, and yeah, and that's, that's basically, that's, you know, and, she, and the, the, the bombshell dropped. And of course she was shocked, absolutely shocked. And she went through the stages of, um, of, of, of shock and, and quite, uh, you know, it, it, quite quickly. Um, within, within about an hour or so, she was, she, she kicked me downstairs. Uh, said, you now work for me. You, she kicked me to the basement. She said, yeah, that's your new bedroom. And if you tell the kids, that's it. I'm, you're out. And it was very, uh, it was very shocking for me. It was very difficult. Um, but I knew that she had to process and I knew that she had to process it. And, you know, she said a lot of things and I just let her say them. And, um, she said, oh, you know, that, that's why you're, that's why you're, you're doing your program so seriously. Obviously, it's not just masturbation and porn. I should have known. And this, things like, you know, this is beyond my wildest dreams, what you, what you did. And it was a very interesting and difficult couple of days where I was completely, um, I, I basically left it to God. Um, the miracle that happened to us and to me, um, over those, over the days, for me, I, I attribute it to me accepting the situation, however it was. Whatever would happen, whether it would mean me being downstairs in the basement for a long time. I remember saying at the time, I'm not worried about the long term ramifications. I'm very worried about the short term. Um, but I got over that and I accepted. I accepted whatever consequences. I remember speaking to a few different people. Um, some saying, you know, and I, I remember trying to really wanting to get her help. Um, but I was powerless over that because she, she has her own disease of isolation. And in many ways, I'm one of the few people that she can actually really share with. So I was the one and how could she share with me? And I really wanted to get her help, but she wasn't interested. Um, we were very civil with each other, um, on the front and she was very, very upset and hurt. But, um, it was, it was on the second night and it happened very quickly and we started talking. It was, it was a miracle how quickly it happened. We started talking about, she, she, she basically had a few different, um, kind of secrets, but not sexaholic secrets, but things that she wanted to take to her grave that she said, now it's time to get it out. And what basically really happened was the miracle of honesty, communication and truthfulness. Um, changed our marriage forever. There was no, all of a sudden, for the first time in my life, there was no lies, there was no dishonesty, there was no toxic secrets that I was keeping from her, and she and she was basically keeping from me as well. And um, it really transformed the relationship. In a very bizarre fashion, we ended up um, having relations um, that night, or no, sorry, on the third night, and on the fourth night, and she still ascribes it to the pain that she was in. Um, I'm not so sure exactly what it was. It was it, because it's not like we were having relations before that. Um, but the dam had broken, basically. And, um, I'm, I, you know, things are not uh, 100% now. She still has her anxiety, and I still have my neediness. 
we're still working on it, uh, working on it a lot, but things have changed. I, there's, uh, in terms of intimacy, there's now a real, um, there's, a, there's a real hope, whereas beforehand a lot of fears and I wasn't sure if it would ever be um, okay, if we would ever really get it. After those few days, I kind of knew inside me for sure that everything would be okay in the end. And it was really, I ascribe it entirely and absolutely to the miracle of acceptance. I accepted everything as it was, as it had to be, and I didn't fight it. I didn't fight God. I didn't fight what was happening. And I was shocked that, um, you know, literally the third night, I was invited back to, to sleep in the bedroom already. And it was just, I mean, this is a miracle. This is the miracle of the program. Obviously, we talked a lot, and I was very honest with her. And any questions she's asked me since then, I've told her um, openly and honestly. And, you know, it's the, the most bizarre thing will be, you know, we'll be t driving somewhere or, or talking about something else, and then all of a sudden this crazy, um, crazy question about, you know, when we went there, did you go to a prostitute? And it'll just like puck me in the head, but um, it is what it is. I'm here to answer the questions. I'm here to be of service. I'm here to be honest with her. Um, and really that's the, you know, there's a lot of different um, schools of thought. I mean, again, she knew that I was a sexaholic. She knew about my porn problem when I was, when we were a year married, she was, acting out the uh, the classic SNN behaviors of running to look at my histories and everything. So none of that was new. It wasn't like it was um it wasn't like a disclosure from nothing where she didn't know who I was. It was just a disclosure of the true bottom behaviors of where I where my disease had taken me. And just to take it up to um up to the present day there with that, you know, like um last night um last night there was there was an incident that um that happened that my daughter was somewhere and she'd actually seen um, someone getting changed in a window. And she told my wife, who, t who then told me, and you know, that's the kind of thing that in the past that would have triggered me to obsess about it and to actually go to that place and probably wait there for hours until I, 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 put, I could possibly get a glimpse of that. And thank God today I have a spiritual experience and I'm free from that, but that's not, uh, I'm free from the obsession. But, you know, in, in, in keeping, I, I don't know why, but, you know, I was open, I was open, I shared with my wife, you know, that that's where my sexualism would have taken me to. Um, and that's the open relationship that we have today, which is truly a miracle. And I still have, um, I, st I still have, uh, I have more surrendering to do in the bedroom. I'm not perfect, um, but I'm in surrender. I don't need sex. That's the real key. The real key is that I don't need sex. I do not need to orgasm to be, uh, to, to, to breathe. Whereas in the past, uh, the orgasm was the most important thing in my, I mean, in, in my day-to-day -day behavior was, uh, was the need to orgasm, which is just crazy. It's a crazy disease. So anyways, so for today, where it is for me today um, and how it is for me today, I, I, I'm very blessed to have um, a, lot of, a lot of sponsors. And I'm slowly I'm walking through the steps of each one at their own pace. Um, I've now gone through the steps. Uh, what's coming, it's going to be a third time. Over the past week, I've had the pleasure of going through the steps with a um, with, with, with someone who has developed a whole system. He's actually uh, Harvey's sponsor. So Harvey knows the um, the story well. He's the, uh, Harvey from Toronto. He's very, um, he's condensed the, the big book into basically 30 pages of the most key, uh, the, the key points of sponsorship and the key to um, 
to having a spiritual experience is to work, is to then work with others. And as I mentioned last week, and you know, the, the, for me, working with others is the key to my sobriety um, because I can easily get caught into my head, very easily get caught into my head in between my shoulders and I go into self-pity or obsession. I, I slip into obsession very easily, uh, whether it's obsession to lust or it's just obsession about my relationships or obsession about my finances or whatever it is. And the miracle of working with others keeps me out of my head. Um, and so I'm very blessed that um, I've had to turn, I've had to start turning people down. And the first time I went through the steps, as I mentioned, it was it was for us. The second time I went through the steps for codependence, and I've really felt a, a, a quite a reprieve there in, in in my codependent behavior. I see it much clearer in other people, and it's been a real, you know, that's been a real miracle for me. The, the the joke for me was that I was so codependent, I didn't have a clue I was codependent until it hit me in the face one day when I was just journaling like mad like a madman scribbling down on paper and then all of a sudden I mean then what you're the codependent it was crazy it, I mean like uh, I, I, I couldn't believe it um, and, I, and I jumped onto that and now and now I've basically been working the steps both from a from, from a deeper level to have a spiritual experience uh, but but also to be able to pass along to have a methodology that I can pass along and I know that no one's sobriety is in my hands it's in their hands and I know that we only ever get sobriety and get recovery when we want it and um, I, I'm in awe of the younger guys out there that are um, you know I'm 41 I'm 42 now and, and the, the younger guys out there that are working at, at 20, 20, 20 to 25 is just mind-blowing for me because I know that lust was a monster that I was absolutely completely out of control in my life back then and I wouldn't have been able I wouldn't have been able to um, to break free from it and I would have been a chronic slipper like crazy and um, and, 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 and while I'm very uh, appreciative of this of, of the situation today I understand that it's not uh, it's not. It's not in my hands. My sobriety. It's. But it's. It's just a culmination of so many things that have happened to me. So I just want to quickly walk through the. Um, walk through the steps quickly. Um, how. How. How they relate to me on a daily basis. Um, sometimes. Um, I'll. Sometimes, especially on a Saturday morning, I'll get up and I'll. I'll take a walk to the. Uh, to, to. To. To the synagogue, and I'll. I'll zip through the steps in my head. Um, as a process of uh, connecting myself to, to God and to um, and to what the steps are. For me, uh, I've had a few different versions. For me, uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned last week, the steps at the core is, it, it, well, for all of it, it's about me, you, and God. That's what the steps are. It's about getting a relationship with myself and with you, the other sexaholic, and then with you being humanity, everybody else in the world. And and with God, there's this incredible triad of actual of of actually being connected to the most uh, the, the the most important parts of of, of life. And I, I remember saying to my wife actually last night, the thing I love about recovery so much is how connected to our to our deeper cause, to our feelings, we all are in recovery. It's such a shallow world out there. I've spent many um, many evenings out on conferences and out with. Uh, regular people many many years obviously just being a normal person except an addict and life is so much so much more superficial out there for me it's so much deeper and it's so much more meaning uh being a part of this fellowship being a part of recovery and i love that about recovery 
So um, step one, I'll start that I'm I'll start listing the things that I'm completely powerless over. And we'll start with lust uh, because lust was my top place, and it moves to to love, and the need to be touched, and the need to to be loved, and my neediness, and I'm powerless over my feelings, and I'm powerless over my emotions, and also powerless over certain drugs that. Um, that uh, I was unable to, uh, that that, uh, that I was addicted to for many years, like cocaine, I had a problem with, uh, marijuana, powerless over gambling, had a big gambling problem, um, powerless over my wife is a big one, powerless over my children, and um, and then I've got this long list of what I'm powerless over, and then I and, and then I and then I'll, I'll look up and I say there is a power greater than me, that is my creator, the power that creates me, he can restore me. To sanity, he can he can restore me to sanity, and I'm now going to give my will and my life over to that Creator uh, to do with me what He will, because um, I am just insane without it. And the miracle of, of 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 my sobriety today is because I'm giving my life and my will over to Him. And then I will zip through if I have any resentments in my head at the time or any fears, and. Um, um, generally speaking, um, um, my focus on the program is for emotional sobriety. Um, sobriety or dry drunk sobriety is not interesting for me. Um, I feel serenity. Um, this is, I mean, this is an alien concept to me as, uh, as an addict, uh, a classic addict addicted to everything. My whole life I spent escaping life and, um, and now, I'm connected both to myself and to others and to life. And instead of being a selfish asshole, I'm a, a, I'm working on being a giving person, and I get uh, a level of emotional sobriety. I'm um, so I do have fears. I do have um, some resentments that that crop up, and I'll do the a quick inventory on them. Where 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 where, where am I? I? I try and zip as quickly as possible to where to what's my part and what should what what's my character defect. And where um, and where do I need to uh, better myself? And that takes me um, through. And, and at that stage, if it's just me on my own with God, I'll, at that step five, I'll just say it to God. I will give it. To, I will give it out. But that's just me and my zip zipping through. And then six and seven is um, well for me. Willingness is. Um, I think the three magic key buzzwords for this program for me are willingness, surrender, and acceptance. Those are the three most important words for me. Um, because without the willingness, uh, it's a miracle that I have the willingness, and I'm grateful every day for the willingness to work my program. Um, because I remember, for, I remember for 30 plus years having no willingness to be anything other than an, an escape, an escape from myself, an escape from the world. Um, uh, so that's a miracle, and I'm eternally grateful for that. And the acceptance. Um, that everything that happens to me and everything that happens to uh, that everything that happens in my life it's all from God and he's running the world I'm not running the world anymore I stopped running the world um, and surrender which is the magic the magic of surrender that I'm able to turn around and say I don't need sex I don't need to orgasm that's a miracle it's, it's, uh, I don't need to I don't need to be high in marijuana it's just an absolute miracle um, so I have this list of basic core character defects that keep cropping up in my life um, and they are uh, for me ego self-pity um, self-will uh, a lack of acceptance um, judgmentalism is a big one for me 
superiority complex. Um, like my ex-sponsor used to say, I'm either the assassin or I'm the um, the victim. And for me, I, I, I grew up being the victim and then something flipped in my late teens and I became the assassin. And um, this whole program, again, for me, is about becoming um, a simple uh, not better than and not worse than. That's a it's, a it's a key part of my program is learning how to not be better than anyone and not to be worse than anybody. Um, and then I will be- give my version of the seven-step prayer, um, which is basically um, that uh, asking asking God to, to remove from me everything that stands in the way of my being able to be of service to Him today. Um, and then I'll zip through eight or nine, basically just saying them out in my own words. Um, I still do have some amends that I have to finish, especially I have a couple of financial amends. Um, uh, the key, the key people in my life, I've I've done a, a verbal amends. And for me, what I learned from my ex-sponsor, uh, as a sexaholic, for me, the, the the living amends are the most important part of my daily life. And that is for me, staying sober today. That's the amends that I make to my wife every day, to the people that I'm close to every day, um, is to stay sober just for today. Um, and then I zip through 10, 11, and 12 again, which is basically just uh, me, God, and you. And I try, and 10, 11, and 12 is where I'm trying to live my life today. Um, I try and do one, two, and three on a daily basis as much as I can through uh, recognizing my powerlessness. Every time I leave the house, uh, I need to be in surrender because the um, the the the, 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 um, the temptation to lust is always there. It's not like, um, for me, it's everywhere, it's on the street, and I'm conscious, and I have to, I'm constantly conscious of the temptations to lust. And for me, letting go of that and um, being in surrender as I leave my house is critical for me to, um, to, to not falling into that, into that temptation. And so uh, I, I, as I leave my house, as I sit in front of a computer, wherever I am, I'm, uh, I'm in surrender, I'm going into surrender. Um, and in my prayers in the morning, um, I do have, I do want to start meditating more. Um, my meditation program is not so great. My uh, daily inventory program is not so great. Thank, thank God for my current sponsor. I have a daily gratitude program, which is amazing, and really has transformed my life. And then I basically spend my days in step twelve, which is focusing on the newcomer and on the on the sixth exaholic and how can I, how can I help them by walking them through the steps. And, uh, and uh, as much as possible, using my um, my experience of, of acting out in so many different ways, you know, sitting in front of a computer and starting a search in one place and falling down all the way down to the to to that place of lust happened in so many different ways for me. I see it. Uh, I, see, I I can see it quite clearly, and I feel like uh, also the the experience that I have of of a full disclosure with my wife of my MOs taking me to so many different places, I feel like I have a lot of experience to give. And so basically I spend, uh, I, sp- I spend my days working with sponsees and trying to uh, have a more of a spiritual experience on a daily basis and, and focusing on giving my will over to God as I can do it on a daily basis. So on that note, I will pass it over to the floor and I want to thank you all very much for inviting me back to, um, to finish uh, giving over the story and being able to speak a little bit about today. Thank you.
I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.